Hey guys, welcome to the Rap and Wrestle Podcast. Once again, we are back. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rap and Wrestle. Check us out on uh, YouTube. Check us out on iTunes, anywhere you get your, your shows that you stream. Um, just make sure you tap in, type in Rap and Wrestle. Um, today is a special interview. Uh, someone I haven't talked to in a long time that I'm glad to catch up with. Um, he's an actor. Uh, a model, uh, YouTube sensation now, <laughs> um, the voice of the voiceless, and he's a pretty great wrestler on top of it. Anthony Bowens, man, how are you doing, bro? How's it going? Thank you for that intro, and it's, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm in a That's good, good man. That's good. You know, like I said, last time we, we talked, it was, it was a long time ago. It was December of 2016. That was a very long time ago. Hey, it's you know, uh, for you in January 2017, you know, you made an announcement about yourself and, you know, life has just changed and, you know, it's just blossomed for you since that day. Um, you know, last time we were talking, you were doing uh, stuff with NXT. You were talking about the possibility of having an acting career. And, um, you know, you came out as bisexual. Now you identify as gay. And, um, you know, it was just a lot of big changes coming on at once so for you just how was that moment for you you know what was the, those feelings that you were having and you know how is it now do you know seeing all the support and you know everything that you've had throughout the years I had to smile a little bit as you were saying that because I was thinking back to that time period and how enthusiastic and scared I was of what the future might hold and now sitting here looking back at it seeing everything that's gone on is pretty it's pretty crazy um the experience Experience has been, I mean, I'm lucky. It's been fantastic so far. I'm very, very, very lucky. Uh, some people have a lot of, I guess, a lot more difficult time adjusting, or they might get a lot of blowback. I've had my fair share of negative stuff tossed my way, but for, you know, a majority of it, it's been overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive, and um, I couldn't be any more grateful for that, for the support from literally everyone. You know, I always had it from my friends and my family, but just... Um, my, uh, my pro wrestling friends, my coworkers, the fans, it's just been, you know, I'm lucky. It's been good. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely are lucky for sure. And, um, you know, at that time, you know, when, you know, we had just talked to you a month before and then when you made the announcement, you know, I was, I was like, I was, I was, I don't want to say I was shocked, you know, cause you know, I believe everybody has the right to make any decision they want or, you know, identify as, right. as everyone want. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, I was just, I was, I was kind of happy for you, man, because I was like, I was very proud. It was a proud moment for sure, because, you know, um, I know you said this, it's kind of like, you know, um, having somebody, you know, that looks like you that you can identify with and, you know, you see them in a position that you think like, hey, I might be alone on this. You know, I've always looked at myself like that as well, you know, being an African-American, just, um, you know, trying to do as best as I can and showing kids like, hey, you can do these things that I do as well. Like, you know, it, it's not out of reach for everyone. Um, what does that mean to you just being that representation? Like you said, being the voice of the voiceless and just, you know, showing like, hey, you can do this too and you don't have to be scared. And, you know, there's people out there that will support you the same way. I mean, that was one of my decision-making, I guess, factors in coming out in the first place was because I realized, um, you know, I have a unique platform to 
be a positive influence on people, be a positive role model to be someone that people can look up to that, you know, I may not have necessarily had myself because you know, the only representation we had at the time was, was Fred or Darren Young. He had come out with WWE a couple years prior. And I'm sure there was a, a, a bunch of, or a few openly LGBT athletes at the time, but they weren't really getting, there wasn't a focal point on them. So I think that kind of deterred a lot of other people who were, I guess, in the closet from from possibly coming out because of that potential, you know, blowback there. But I realized the the message and in, in creating awareness and visibility far supersedes that. And you know, I like to think too that I, I also helped a lot of other people come out because, um, you know, it went so well. Yeah. Um, I know Mike Parrow came on afterwards, and then Jake Atlas came out a couple months later, and now we have this entire crop of LGBT athletes that are in professional wrestling getting highlighted. You got Effie having, you know, the big gay brunch. Um, you got Jake Atlas in NXT, Sonny Kiss is on all elite, Nyla Rose, um, AEW. It, it just, the list goes on. So um, I'm very proud to at least play a small part in, in creating more awareness in professional wrestling and hopefully beyond. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think what you, you know, what you're doing, what you stand for, it, it goes beyond just the scale of, you know, just wrestling and, you know, just a, a general morality for the world. And, you know, I think that's what, that's definitely what it stands for. Um, you know, I know someone special to you. I know Michael, um, he has, you know, supported you through all of this. Um, he has always been there for you. Um, I know you guys, you guys have a YouTube channel. Um, it's freaking hilarious. I'll tell you that for sure. Thank you. Um, how did it just come come about just um you know you guys doing this uh youtube channel and you know you know showing your life and doing the funny skits as well so we michael has always wanted to have a youtube channel and that was something that we did together and after my we, we put up a video called how we met and it was just a simple story of how we met and we didn't think anything of it we posted it, and then next thing you know it was in huffington post and it was on all these other media websites and we're like oh this is crazy this is this is taking off now so um after the success of that video we just figured that this was our opportunity to continue forward with the channel and we our, our mission with it was to try and show a, a different side of what it means to be a gay couple on youtube because you know not to there's nothing wrong with it with what with what anybody else does but it just seems to be the same stuff over and over again. We wanted to put more of an emphasis on our chemistry as opposed to like some of more of the sexual stuff. Um, just we wanted to show we're not any different than any other you know heterosexual couple that's out there. Um, but there's only so much you can do uh, before you start towing the line of falling into the YouTube trap, which is like you, you start doing pranks and you start doing silly challenges and stuff like that, which we hated, but we felt like we needed to do to just give some different like variety to the channel. Yeah. And it went kind of well, but then earlier this year, um, before quarantine or right as quarantine was starting, we were trying to figure out what direction we wanted to go. And, and Michael was like, why don't we just do a Love is Blind parody? Because that was trending at the time. And I was yeah. like, yeah, sure, that sounds fun. Again, not thinking twice about it. And um, I, we sat down, we just, we watched a couple episodes and just wrote down some key lines and improv everything. And I figured out how to shoot it as best we could. We posted it and then nothing really happened. And then maybe two or three weeks later, it just went woof, right through the roof. Over a million views and we're like, whoa, I think we're on to something here. 
And then we did another one and another one. We did Love is Blind Trilogy and that got like, I think a total of like 3 million views. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect because what you see on the YouTube channel is all stuff that you would probably be seeing if there was a camera on us at like two in the morning in the kitchen and we're scrounging for food. And for some reason, because we're crazy, we'll just go right into some improv scene or scenario. And like we would be doing this stuff off camera and then wishing that we had filmed it afterwards. So now we had all these ideas and funny stuff that we had done ourselves. And now we had these characters to apply it to. Love is Blind, uh, 90 Day Fiance, and like Britney Spears and the Kardashians. So we tried to merge our weird, crazy, like improv, funny scenarios that we have and our sense of humor, like because we love slapstick comedy, kind of merge those two worlds together and just record it. And that's what we're getting. And it's it's been pretty pretty successful so far. We're hoping that you know we can take that to the next level at some point. Sorry, I ramble. No, 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 no. It's good, man. You guys, um, you guys are killing it for sure, and you're doing great with that. Um, my favorite skit that you guys have done lately is the uh, the Travis Scott and the Kylie Jenner one. <laughs> that was that was hilarious. I literally laughed through the whole thing going to McDonald's. It was like it was just it was it was funny, man. <laughs> and um, I love the um, also the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you hate it or not, but the Mighty Morphin Karen Rangers, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious too. Because, and, I, and me just knowing you from wrestling, I loved how you still like twisted in that Power Rangers theme from that you use in wrestling into that. And I just thought it was hilarious. So um, you guys are you guys are doing good with it, man. You guys are are, are doing really good. And um, you guys you just got the um you got the uh, hundred subs, right? The uh, plaque from uh, YouTube as well. Yes, we are. We have the is it platinum? I don't, I don't have it hung up. It's somewhere over there. Um, yeah. yeah, we got the I guess the platinum or silver plaque for hundred thousand subscribers. Right now, we're sitting at hundred and seventy thousand. So we're about to hit two hundred thousand soon, which is super exciting. And um, hopefully we can, you know, boost that up to a good old cool million. Yeah, really well, that, that'll be amazing, man. You know, and I was thinking about, uh, like, with you doing stuff like this and, you know, being very successful, have your goals, like, changed, you know, from the time of where, you know, you were, you were doing things at NXT and, you know, uh, I would assume, like, wrestling was the number one thing. Um, have your goals changed where it's like, hey, I'm doing all these other things or is wrestling still the number one thing? Wrestling is and always will be my my number one love. There's no getting out. Don't get me wrong. Netflix comes calling like, hey, we want to create a comedy special. Like I'm taking that comedy special. But, yeah, you know, my, my goal is and always will be being a professional wrestler. It's something that there, there was a moment where once it started going and quarantine was happening and I was feeling good, not falling on my head every weekend. And I was kind of like, you know, I could get used to this. But then after a couple weeks, I just, I got that itch. Like you, you can't not be in front of a crowd or not have this, like it's one way of being creative with, you know, writing like a sketch. And there's a completely different way of being creative of telling this other story physically um, in the ring and those live reactions that immediate feedback that you get in the ring is much different than the kind of hey post and then sit back and hope there's a bunch of comments coming in it's, it's two different kinds of rushes and um i can't get enough of that wrestling rush so yeah i'm gonna no. try and do it as long as i can you know my body will let me yeah no definitely um do you ever worry about things of um let's say like the big news lately was like with wwe how 
um, they're kind of trying to control like what the wrestlers do outside of WWE. Do you worry about like things about like that if you were to get like a contract, like, hey, I might have to stop doing my YouTube altogether. I want to be, you know, as free as I kind of am on the independents. Uh, that has crossed my mind if that were, if I were to go there. Um, mm -hmm. But I still feel, I mean, I'm, I'm not like super, super vocal, but I would 100,000% push to somehow work that world into the wrestling world because it's too, it's too good of a platform uh, to connect with fans and bring in a completely different audience that may not even necessarily be watching wrestling in the first place. It's too big of an audience to just kind of say, you know, bye and just leave them into the dust, you know? Yeah. Those are people that... Um, you know, if they're into me on this level and Michael on that level, maybe they'll do it on a professional wrestling level as well. So I would probably fight for that. But that does cross my mind from time to time. Um, but I, the, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely can uh, understand that. And we're just, you know, you're talking about uh, being on quarantine. Um, what were some of the, the challenges of just trying to stay fit? Or did you even have those challenges? I mean, I look at you, man. I don't. I don't think you have a challenge with being <laughs> fit at all, but, you know, did you have any challenges of, you know, just trying to stay active or, you know, doing things besides uh, recording during quarantine? Yeah. So, I mean, a majority of, of what quarantine was for me was, was those videos trying to figure out how to do them. But the, the fitness factor in the first month or two was rough. Like I was laying on the floor pressing pulling spring cases of water and cat litter curling and stuff like that. Oh, I was doing anything I could just to stay, uh, to keep my muscles stimulated. And then I found some pretty shitty bow thing, which was just like re uh, resistance bands to hold me over. But luckily I was able to find a um, uh, power block. I got in contact with them and they were able to get me a adjustable dumbbell set. So that was very happy. And then I have a bench. So I just pull it out in the living room and, uh, do some some free weights there so that kept me sane because if i didn't have that the i don't know what i would be doing but other than that i would just you know chill i'd hang with my parents because you know god knows i didn't spend enough time with them prior to that because i was always on the move i was with michael or traveling or wrestling or my friend so much stuff going on so I, I i spent a lot of quality time with them watching breaking bad and better call Saul, that kind of stuff yeah, no, I, I think everybody, uh, I, I spent a lot of time catching up on a lot of shows and uh, trying to stay healthy as well. Um, also with, um, you know, doing the doing the videos, because um, I know there, there's a lot of people who always want to be successful at doing, uh, you know, YouTube videos as well. Um, how much planning goes into those or is it just like a natural, like, you know, you guys come up with an idea and it's just like, it's put together quickly and you guys just, you know, are able to do it like freestyle? Uh, it depends because there's some videos where um, we sat the night before, you know, pen and paper and just kind of wrote out. Uh, it's like the Mighty Morphin Car Rangers was a sketch I wrote beforehand where I just sat down, I wrote a full script, how I wanted the shots, what I saw, all that kind of stuff. And then there's other ones where we just kind of like the, the Travis Scott video. Most of that was improv like we sat down the night before going i don't know what, what we should do and then we came up with the we saw the mcdonald's deal that travis had it's like let's just go to mcdonald's and we'll figure it out as we go so i would say maybe 95 percent of that video was improv 
who just on the fly figuring out, well, this shot might look good. Um, so I, it's a little bit of everything, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I could definitely, I could definitely see that. Um, you know, being with WrestlePro, that's where I first saw you. And, um, you know, for me, every time I, I hear Anthony Bowens, WrestlePro is always the first place I think of. That's, I feel like for me as a fan, that's, that's the home for me, for you. Um, how has it been like with WrestlePro expanding? I know they've been doing things going into Alaska. They've been doing shows there. How have those shows been? And, and how is like the fan experience, um, you know, in Alaska? Because no one thinks of like anything ever happened in Alaska, but how has that been for you guys? So it's been pretty cool. Um, you know, Kevin Matthews is now kind of at the helm at WrestlePro with Pat Buck yeah. being uh, on Raw producing. And Kevin has a lot of cool ideas and a lot of people thought he was crazy when he said, I'm gonna run a show at the Sullivan Arena in Alaska. I mean, I was like, I don't know if that's happening. Cause there's been so many different things over the years that um, uh, like once we're supposed to run the Hammerstein ballroom or something it was PWS, but that fell through. Like there's so many things that was supposed to happen that just never did. So I believed in him, but at the same time I was skeptical. And then he said, yep, it's confirmed we're going. And now it's turned into a full blown thing where, you know, every, every six months, every four or five, six months, Russell Pro will go up to Alaska and we'll perform for the fans up there. And it's beautiful. It's fun. It's a nice escape. Unfortunately, I just missed this last loop uh, due to a family emergency. So I'm excited to get back there uh, next year. But I, I heard and saw from their Facebook live stream that it was another successful uh, loop. And from what I hear, the next loop is going to be even longer and crazier throughout the state. So Kevin has some big plans for Russell Pro, Russell Pro Alaska, and um, hopefully that keeps expanding. And, and I know Pat and Kevin wanted like to do shows where um, uh, there's not a lot of wrestling. So you might see Russell Pro North Dakota or something, or Russell Pro Antarctica. You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. For a fan, I mean, it, it's it's lucky for them. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard anyone ever go to Alaska. Period. So for a fan, that's a that's a good thing. Um, you know, also, you know, someone who I also like that's on the independent scenes, um, TJ Crawford. Uh, you had a great match with TJ as well. Uh, 30 minutes to a, a, a draw. Um, Are you there? TJ, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be talking to TJ uh, soon. I, I believe I'm talking to him at the end of this week. So um, how has it been just, you know, getting in the ring with TJ and um, just, your you know, your respect level for him? So TJ, is, his family is, like I consider his cousins to be my cousins. We're very close family friends. TJ's from uh, Chicago, and his cousin had told me a couple years ago that he had wanted to start wrestling. And I said, hey, you know, we got this great training school in New Jersey called Creative Pro. Come out here if you want to be a good wrestler. He moved from Chicago to New Jersey. He came in uh, terribly out of shape. Um, he wasn't very good. And I thought he wasn't going to make it. Like I almost, I believe in a lot of people and I pour like all the help that I can in, in these training sessions when the school was open into people. But there was, it was getting to the point where I was like, he's, I feel bad that he came out here. And then I don't know what it was. I, I, I don't think I was at the school for like a couple months and I came back and all of a sudden, all like, he was just this crazy gnat I was just bouncing around everywhere. He was doing flips and he was doing all these kicks. And I was like, whoa, where that, you know, where the hell did this come from? And then slowly but surely, I would see him in the beach bums and I would sit there and watch him. Like he's getting really good. And 
at this point, there is, um, I think every wrestler has that one person that they just completely mesh and gel with, like the Cabana CM Punks, the Cena Edges, the, you know what I mean? That kind of chemistry that just, you can't, you can't script it. You can't, you know, force it. It just happens and it's there. And the more that I get in the ring with this kid, the more I think he's that guy. Um, another person would probably be Matt McIntosh. But this was the second match I've had back since quarantine. I got to, like, I wrestled LSG that first match back in, uh, in Union. And um, it was brutal. I was dying. I couldn't breathe. I barely got through it. I was very pissed at myself afterwards. And then I show up to this show thinking that me and T, because TJ and I had wrestled last year in Union and we got a standing ovation afterwards. So I was like, wow, this is gonna be exciting. We're gonna have a second match. We're gonna have like, you know, eight to 10 minutes or whatever to do it again. Hopefully 12, like praying to have 12. So we yeah. have some time. And then I get there and he's like, you're ready to go 30? And I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> like, I didn't think after that rough performance I had before, I didn't think I would, you know, I was second guessing myself for some reason. And then, you know, once I got out there with him, it was just, it was such a breeze. It, it was, I didn't even expect it. And as I was laying there after the match was over with, I was just like, this is, I think he's the guy. <laughs> I think he's the guy that I have this impeccable chemistry with. And um, if there's somebody that I would like to try and go an hour with, I think I want it to be TJ Crawford. And you oh, know, know, match three might, might be, might be that, who knows? Yeah, that, that would be exciting. I would definitely pay to see that for sure. Um, yeah. TJ is great, man. He's always been a, a great guy. Every time I talk to him and um, he's definitely, uh, it's, it, I've seen him since the beach bums. And he's just got so much better since then. He just keeps improving. And I definitely, uh, I like TJ for sure. He's one of my favorites out there. Um, but I hate him. I hate him a lot. You hate him? <laughs> you hate him? I got you. Yeah, I'll relay that message for you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, you know, uh, for you, um, what are, are some of the things, like, you've been working on? Like, I know I saw, and this has been a while, since 2016, but I know I saw you in, like, a Domino's commercial um i know you you've been sports illustrated i i saw the uh the the interview on that which i thought was amazing um like what, what are some of the things that you're proud of that you were doing since this since you know the last time we talked um well, i've done a bunch of things that i'm i'm proud of everything that i do because there's there's times where i just sit and, and try and reflect and when I was younger and think about like all these kind of crazy journey, ah, I want to be in a magazine one day. Ah, I want to be the cover of a magazine. I've been on like I was on the cover of Attitude Magazine, cover of Gay Times, uh, a couple other features, Sports Illustrated, uh, People Magazine, British GQ, uh, commercial Lunchables commercials, Domino's in Australia. Like it, insane. I got to walk the red carpet at the Glad Awards with Madonna and and speak in front. I was like, what? Like what is happening? <laughs> I'm an independent pro wrestler. How am I doing these cool things? Um, so I'm proud of, of, of everything because, you know, it's, it's a culmination and continuous because, you know, the road's still going. Um, hard work and just trying to put a lot of positive energy towards the things that I'm passionate about and um, putting in the effort to try and get them and then it coming true. Yeah, for sure. You, you touched on the uh, GLAD Awards. Uh, I was going to bring that up as well. 
um, like, what is the importance of that to you? You know, you're sitting there and you're just thinking in, you know, 2017 about, you know, coming out and telling the world, uh, you know, how you, how you really feel and, and how you identify. And then to be, you know, represented as something like this, where, you know, it's just highlighting, you know, people like you that are successful and, you know, just making an impact in the world. Like, like how important was that to you? I teared up a bit when I got back from the from the hotel room because for for that very same reason it's like I was so I sat in this very chair and like cried at times because I didn't know if people would accept me coming out and now here I am in this room with some of the most influential LGBT um, entertainers, sport athletes, everything, media moguls um, in the country and we're all sitting in this room together celebrating lgbt representation in tv and media and i'm a part of that so it it's it's surreal it's relief there is pride um in in everything um it's it's hard to put into words yeah no That's definitely, it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy yeah no it, it it really is like your your, your story it's it's truly amazing to like just you know seeing at the time i already thought you know, the future was bright for you. Me and Andrew both thought, my partner, and, um, you know, we just thought a lot of great things were ahead for you. But, you know, to say that, honestly, that if I thought, like, all of these crazy things are going to happen, like, it's just amazing to me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you for sure. Um, with that. all of that, how do you manage all these things? Like, you're wrestling, you're acting, the YouTube, um, doing improv, uh, being a model, like you're in GQ, man. Like that's like an ultimate <laughs> man's dream is to, like, to be in GQ to say, you, that's what, you know, I'm the GQ. <laughs> like, how do you manage all these things and still at the same time, not let that take away from you being a great athlete in the ring? Um, it's just uh, hard work that was, was instilled into me by my parents and also from playing uh, sports all my life. I, I played baseball in at Seton Hall University for the first two years of my college, and that atmosphere kind of bred and demanded hard work. It demanded time management. It demanded that you dig deep into the deepest sources of your soul to get through a lot of you know training and games and, and brutal conditions and stuff. It, it was a tough time you had to be mentally tough to get through a lot of those things. And I took all of those experiences and just kind of plugged them into, you know, whatever I was doing currently. Cause there's times where, you know, back when I started wrestling, I, I had an internship at ESPN with Stephen A. Smith and, and Michael Kane, and all those guys. And, you know, I'd wake up, I'd head into the city and edit all their audio all day. And then I'd come back and then I'd, you know, hop in a car or not eat, go down to training for three or four hours at, at WrestlePro, then go straight to the gym for two hours, wake up and do it again. But it's just because that was instilled in me and I have, uh, I'm just driven to achieve everything um, that I, you know, I'd like to accomplish. So luckily a lot of these things lately have been spread out. So I can kind of, hey, focus on YouTube, and then here comes this other opportunity, and then I can handle that. But there definitely are times where everything seems like it's at once. And it's like, oh, I have to do a casting, but then I have to go here, and I have to wrestle, but then I have to film this YouTube video because we have another day's film. And then it does pile up, but I think that's the fun part of it, because then when you make it work, like this week is pretty crazy. I have an opportunity. I'll be doing a lot of traveling, and then and I come back from that, and then I 
go straight to the studio in New York City because I have another opportunity with the magazine thing. So it's nice. constantly. And if I didn't, um, if this emergency didn't happen, I would have just been getting off a plane from Alaska a couple like hours ago and then going straight yeah. to the next thing. So it's just a part of um, the journey. It's a part of the job description. And I would not have it any other way because sometimes I lose my mind just sitting here, you know, playing MLB the show all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. I can, I can only imagine. Um, you say you're editing audio for uh, Michael K. and Stephen A. show as well? Yeah, it was the Michael K. show, Stephen A., Ryan Rucco, and um, Dave Rothenberg. Dave Rothenberg, yeah. Rothenberg, yes, yes, yes. I was oh, the man. production assistant for them, so I would anytime – um, I think my biggest thing I did was I did the, the Mariano Rivera retirement ceremony. I cut up all his audio and made him sound uh, coherent. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. You can't speak too well. No, no, that, that's, uh, that's amazing. I can only imagine uh, just the, the workload and the pressure of like working on shows like that, especially like on Michael K, which is like the premier like go drive home show in New York and, you know, the tri-state area. That's uh, that's just amazing to be able to handle that. Um, if you're listening you know, to audio from January of 2006, no, almost, no, 2013, excuse me, January wow. to March of 2013, all that was, you know, my audio. Oh man, that's dope. See, uh, that's that's amazing. Um, you said uh, you played baseball as well. Um, if you got to put your money on anybody to win the World Series this year, who are you putting your money on? I, it's hard for me to say this year because I haven't paid that much attention. I'm a massive San Francisco Giants fan. So okay. I'm praying they at least make that wild card spot. I know they're fighting off the Phillies for it. Um, mm -hmm. Padres are looking dope. I know Tatis has been – wait, are they – they're in the top of the division right now. Padres and the Dodgers are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to stick with my Giants. They're going to make a, a miraculous run in the playoffs. They're going to win a wild card spot, and we're going to win another championship. Oh, man. I'm, I'm disappointed. I thought you were going to say Yankees, man. I'm disappointed oh, right now. No, I can't. <laughs> the Yankees. <laughs> a bad taste left in my mouth from when I was a kid. Oh, man. Oh, man. I was you harassed know, by Yankee fans because I was a, a Barry Bonds Giants fan. Yeah? How does that yeah. even happen? I can see if you were like Boston, but Giants, like people were messing with you. When you're the only Giants fan in New Jersey and you're surrounded by Yankees fans, they're going to harass you. <laughs> oh, man. Dang, that's horrible, man. That's definitely horrible. Um, you know, something that, that I, th I thought about and, you know, for you just go going through that moments when, you know, you decided to come out, like, what, do, what advice do you give to somebody else who's in that position that also is feeling that way? And for, for, for you, I think it's not even just like, hey, you know, me saying, you know, I want to come out and, you know, I want to say I'm gay, but just coming out in general, just, you know, like you said, coming out of your shell, you know, just doing different things, just coming out, period, and just being who you truly are. What advice do you give to a person that wants to take that step and do that? Uh, that that's the hardest part in all this is because... You know, you can give the advice of be yourself and you'll be happier and just, you know, all those kinds of, you know, positive things. But you also have to take into consideration that, you know, I'm also lucky that I live in a very kind of the liberal East Coast, you know, New York City area. There's people who ask this advice from different countries where, you know, being gay or what have you might be uh, illegal 
or they might live in a certain section of the country where they don't accept LGBT uh, people as much as they do in certain areas. So it's hard because I don't want to give the, from my heart, try to give the most positive advice possible and ended up having it being a negative thing for them. Um, but if, if it is one of those more positive scenarios, it's just, you know, wait till you feel comfortable. You'll know when the time is right. And I promise you, it's not as bad as you think it is. It's, it's feels, even if it does bring a little bit of extra stress in terms of, you know, uncertainty, the relief of just being able to get it out as opposed to just burying it in there and, and constantly thinking about it tends to override everything else, at least in my opinion. It could be different for, for others, but um, you know, I, I feel so much better not carrying you know, this big burden on my back. Yeah, no, definitely. Big secret, excuse me. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one thing I saw too, I saw, I saw you and uh, Michael did an interview with uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. Like, yeah. How how did that come about? And I, I could see the the you know the pure excitement that you guys had doing the interview. Um, just how did this all come about? How did you get that chance to actually talk to her? It's funny that you say that because I literally just got an email as you're asking this question about doing another one of those for a new Netflix show. So I think oh nice, somebody wow. else, which is cool. Okay, so um, we got an email from the same person. Uh, randomly, and they said the, the the high note, which is a new movie that uh, came out. I forgot the <laughs> what what it's on, but it came out in June. It's featured uh, a Tracy Ellis Ross, and um, here's a list of people that are going to be doing the press junket. We you know pick the ones that you would like to do the most, um, and see if the studio clears you to interview them. And you know we we picked Tracy, we picked um, Ice Cube, um, somebody I forgot who else we picked. Anyway, we ended up getting Tracy, and um, we interviewed her, and she was super cool. She loved us, um, was was very enthused about the whole thing, and then uh, we got a good, I guess, feedback from the studio as well, who apparently was secretly watching the whole time, which I didn't know. <laughs> they had, like, yeah. hidden Zoom things. Oh, man. So hopefully that opened, I guess, or at least it did by this email, opened up a few more doors to do more of these. So hopefully we get to talk to some more influential people in the world. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's ironic that the email came through at the same time too. It's crazy, <laughs> um, you know, for you especially, you know, I've always I've always had a respect for you because I've always felt like you you always you always show respect even to like little guys, you know what I mean? And um, you know, for me when I was messaging you, I'm like, oh man, is Anthony even gonna remember me from that time? <laughs> like he's like a super mega star right now. <laughs> like, is he, is he even gonna do this? You know what I mean? Just uh, I just want to say, like, you know, definitely, I really appreciate that you actually, like, are doing this for me, and, um, you know, I've always respected that about you, that, you know, you always show respect to the little guys, you know, no matter how small, you know, they are, for sure. I don't call yourself little, but <laughs> the same, it's like, I, if I have the time to do things, I absolutely love to give people the time and speak and chat, um, as long as, you know, we were super cool and respectful the first time. So why wouldn't I do business with you again? You know, um, I think a lot of people tend to forget where they came from and then they get to, you know, fool themselves. But I, I try my best to, um, not that I have an issue with it, but I just, I, I always try to remain humble as possible and treat everyone the way I would want to be treated. Because at some point in time before I was a wrestler, I was trying to do the same things. I was excited to speak to someone or, um, 
possibly request an interview for like a school project or something, uh, an independent wrestler. So I always remember those times and hope to, you know, give back in the same way that those people did for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, for you, uh, going forward, you know, the last time we talked, you know, it's been a long time. It's been four years. You know, 2020 has been bad for a lot of people, but it's been, it's good for you. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> fingers crossed, right? Um, you know, continuing going forward, uh, what are some of your goals and, you know, some of the things you want to keep uh, accomplishing to add on to this list of just amazing features that you've accomplished so far? Outside the ring, I want to continue what I'm doing and hopefully Michael and I can grow the channel into something. Now, even if it goes to as high as, you know, a web series or something with comedy, yeah. like just something to kind of help show our creative, more comedic side. I'd love to feature that and um, on a higher level, I'd love to do more magazine stuff. But from a wrestling perspective, I just want to keep having really really good matches and i think that will eventually catch on i mean it's, it's no secret that i would like to be wrestling on tv every week so that's definitely still a goal of whatever company would have me i don't think it's also any secret that i'm gunning for aew so um i feel like that's the perfect fit for the five tool player at the moment and um that's definitely a big goal of mine to kind of do something with them so hopefully that happens in the future nice yeah i i I wish it for you as well. Um, I'm going to wrap up with a couple final questions. Uh, something I want to know. Uh, I mean, you already have tons of talents, but is there a hidden talent that you have that nobody else would, would you know, guess off the top of their head? A hidden talent? Um, I'm a pretty good bowler. Yeah. Yeah, I bowled, bowled a 244 once a couple times. I'm in that average range. Well, back when I was younger, I tried bowling a couple of months before the, uh, the uh, whatever you call it, the, the pandemic, and it didn't go too well. But that was definitely a hidden talent. I could do some card tricks, speak Japanese a little bit. Konnichiwa, hajime maste, hiroshiko onegaishimasu, watashi wa Anthony, yes. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it, definitely. What, uh... What is in your, your playlist right now? If you're listening to music, what would be some of the songs or some of the genres you'll be listening to right now? Right now, I've gone and, and dove deep back into, you're familiar with Silver Sun Pickups? Uh, I've never heard that one. What genre is that? It's alternative. You'd probably know the song Lazy Eye if you, if you listen to it. It's, it's been featured in multiple things, but I'm a I'll big alt rock, uh, progressive rock, punk rock kind of guy. So I've been really into them. Um, actually, I'm really into a band called Avoid. When I, uh, I went out to Seattle in February um, for Defy Wrestling, and nice. um, the, the van that was taking us to the arena had this kid who's playing you know rock music and he's hey i got this band and i've heard people before before say yeah i've got a band man and then you gotta check out my music and i listen to it and i'm like mm. <laughs> dude these guys are legit so good they're just uh featured in the new nascar game you know they're the top 10 on octane right now so they're doing really well for themselves benny's the lead singer um He's actually become a good friend of mine. So I'm really into his his music right now. So yeah, those guys. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely like that. And my final question. If you were if wrestling wasn't your number one goal, what would you be doing? 
if none of this stuff was happening, I would probably still be pursuing my um, my college degree uh, with TV and radio production. Like I said, I was at ESPN, and then I worked at um, Major League Baseball Network for three years. So I probably would be editing on MLB Tonight right now. Nice, nice. Uh, you'd probably be successful at that, just like you're at everything else, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. You know, uh, Anthony, uh, I definitely, I want to thank you, you know, again, for taking the time out. I uh, really appreciate this, man. And, you know, just thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, make sure you uh, check out Anthony. Um, Anthony, if, if they want to connect with you, my fans, uh, where would they follow you? How would they connect with you on social media? You can find the five-tool player, Anthony Bones. The perfect combination of power, athleticism, intelligence, the look, and the it factor. Follow his daily ongoings at Bones underscore official on Twitter, at Bones underscore official on Instagram. If you'd like to see me dress up as random characters with my boyfriend, Michael, head to the YouTube channel, Michael and Anthony, and subscribe. We've got everything. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's a, a great YouTube channel um, for anybody to watch. It's not just limited to any one type of person to watch. It's a great uh, YouTube channel. I love it. I think there's a lot of funny videos on there. Um, and for me, I'm Rap and Wrestle. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Rap and Wrestle. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow. Make sure you like. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on YouTube. Anthony, once again, thank you. And for this episode, we are out.